Welcome to the Gatecrashers podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Ledeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Ledeke. I'm your self-publishing insider, Carice Crow, novelist and speaker. This is the next installment of our series that looks at what editors are tired of seeing. These are themes, projects, ideas, um, just stuff that they're just tired of seeing hit their desk. And it's like, well, I can't do anything with this. (laughs) So don't pitch these to editors. This week, we are focusing on the responses that we got from editors within Christian nonfiction publishing. And I'm focusing, I wanted to focus on this genre because I do a lot of business in Christian publishing. And I know a lot of our listenership works in Christian publishing or aspires to. So we got a bulleted list from some folks um, in, in Christian publishing on the editorial side. And I think a lot of these could apply to also the general market side. So if you're listening and you're thinking, well, I don't want to work in the Christian space, unless it doesn't apply to me, I would encourage you to stay tuned because I do think a lot of these could cross over. Um, So the first thing that they wrote, they're tired of seeing sick child stories. Mm. Hmm. And these are, yeah, exactly what you're thinking. Stories about children who got sick or are sick. Um, Right. I it's, yeah, it's hard because I think people, they want these, these stories mean so much to the people who are living them. But unfortunately, that doesn't always translate into a good sales, good sales record. It has to be something that's really outside of the ordinary. And I hate to call that ordinary, but yeah. it is a reality that a lot of people have to live with. Yeah. Um, and there has to be a hook. Right. You know? There has to be an actual story to it beyond just the tragedy of the situation. What comes to mind is the the book about the kids seeing heaven. Mm, like the yeah. kid, like that's a sick child. Yep. But the hook was that they saw heaven. Right. So you're exactly right. It needs to be more than just the story of the illness and that hor- that painful journey. Um, there needs to be more to it. And I've talked with editors who have worked with, who have worked on like sick child books from authors who are like celebrities and even those don't sell well. So it's not like, right. If you have the right following or if you have the right, whatever you're going to make it, it's just for the, it's hard to pick up a book and read about suffering children. Like that's just, that's hard. And the next one that they that they submitted kind of goes hand in hand with this. And they said that they're tired of seeing cancer memoirs. Uh, that was going to be my next follow-up because every writer's conference I've been to, someone has the cancer memoir. Yeah. You know, it's yep. just one of those topics that it's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And again, like the sick child genre, a lot of the time it's just, it's not a story. It's Mm -hmm. your journey, but it's just not a story. Right. 
my honest advice, and you might disagree with this, but my honest advice for someone who has a cancer memoir, but it's not going anywhere and it's because it doesn't have that hook or it doesn't have that story to it, switch it to fiction. Hmm. I mean, you already have, if you already have the manuscript and most of it's done and you already have a lot of that material, add, make, make it fiction. You know, you can still find value in those experiences and they can still add to your writing. Mm-hmm. But just because you have a can- cancer memoir doesn't mean it has to remain a cancer memoir. There's right. more that you could do with that experience. Right. Well, like Breaking Bad, that's a guy with cancer, but so much that's more not, happens. But that's not the story, right? Right. So much more happens and that's that's what hooks you. And other advice that I've given, and I think I've shared on this podcast before, is the sick child in the cancer memoir, those can be self-published and those make they, they also make great articles. So those are the two pieces of, that, of, that, yep. of advice I give people. Either turn your story into an article and the article will then reach way more people than your book ever will, guaranteed. Or self-publish and then just go around telling your story and selling the books as you go around. And you're going to have just way more success than if you sell it to a publisher and then you know just don't see the sales that you need and then your story's tied up. I mean, it's just, yeah. Right. I'll publish that thing because you can still help people and impact people with, with your story. Going through a publisher is not always the best path. Right. The next one, um, this person wrote that they're tired of seeing books that are essentially, I'm an awesome parent and you can be too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, hey, do we ever want to take advice from those kinds of people that are like, parenting is so easy. My kids are perfect. Um, But also there's no meat there. There, That's like, that's just general parenting. There's no, there are plenty of great general parenting books already in in existence. Right. With people who have like really advanced degrees on the subject as well. Right. So that is so such a blah idea when what we really need from people, if we're going to do parenting books, we just need something that's more like in the details of life and nitty gritty. And what's an issue that parents face that hasn't been written to death and that could have a new spin or whatever. Right. Um, plus pairing a good platform, you know, all of those. those yeah. That's funny. Um, so this one is, is, is definitely applies to the Christian market specifically. And that is they're tired of seeing books that are all about, I have angst about growing up evangelical, those kinds of mm. e- the evangelical angst books <laughs> <laughs> they're tired of seeing. And they wrote that they're tired of seeing this in a general sense. So I wonder if like, there's some room for those kinds of books depending, but for the most part, they're tired of it because it's a story that we've heard a million times. And it's, that's a story for your Facebook page. That's not, (laughs) or if you're a big time, if you're a big time person in Christian, in, in the Christian sector, and you suddenly say, well, I've got a bunch of angst about growing up the way I did. Well, then that may be a book. Right. But if you're just an average Joe, yeah, that's a post for your Facebook. Don't we all? Uh, um, they're tired of seeing adoption stories that are just adoption stories. 
Mm-hmm. So there, that points back to your Carice, your advice to like, what's the hook mm-hmm. this can't just be. And I say just like, it's a bad thing, but it, it's like the adoption story is not enough to hook the reader into making that purchase. No the cancer story. Isn't enough. The sick child story isn't enough. There right. needs to be that flashy, shiny thing that makes the book so much different than anything that we know for, from anything that we know or have ever known in our lives. Like a meth lab. Yeah. <laughs> Throw a meth lab on it. <laughs> Adoption stories, be raising money through with meth. I don't know. Um, okay. They wrote that they are tired of seeing white savior memoirs. Oh my God. Yeah. That made me groan. Oh, uh, I would be tired of seeing that too. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> makes you wonder like how much they're getting pitched like who's pitching these um so like a white savior memoir would be <clears throat> like somebody went on like a mission trip to like a third world country or something and then they write about their their trip and how amazing they were and how they saved all these people or like what what is what would be a white savior let me look up something real memoir, quick because i might have a good think? example yeah this is just so far outside of the realm of anything I would ever consider writing right. that it caught me off guard. Like, I yeah, of course yeah. that's a thing, but man. Okay. I don't, I mean, I can't speak exactly because I don't know. I can't think of any projects that I've seen that fit this. Yeah. But I do think it's, um, oh, look at me, I, I adopted all of these black kids mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. look at me giving all of this money to underprivileged youth mm-hmm. or look at me, look at how good I am helping people who don't look like me. Ugh. Yeah. And the best Ugh. example I can think of, and it's not even that good of an example, but I know the movie, The Blind Side got some pushback because it really set up kind of a yeah, white savior a, story. That's definitely a white savior story. Right. And it's hard because it's a true story, but right. it really tried to like focus in on that angle of right. look how much they helped him. And if it weren't for them he would never have achieved what he achieved. Right. It minimizes yeah. his efforts. His, yes. Yeah. And his mm-hmm. ability and his just natural mm-hmm. talent. We don't know what would have come of him if, you know, they hadn't right. taken him in. So that's the best example that I can think of that most yeah. people are aware of. Um, well, and it reminds me of those videos of people like who film themselves giving money to homeless people or take pictures or whatever. Yeah. Look how awesome I am. Yeah. Yep. If you do that stuff, then you don't, you don't share it. Mm -hmm. If you're doing it for the right reasons, you don't feel the need to tell everybody about it. Right. And a lot of it is so much also just in the way that the story is told and the tone. Yeah. I've read, I've read some Bob Goff books and he, he does incredible things around the world, helping people. And he writes about it, but I never get the feeling I never get the sense from him that he's doing it because he thinks they need him or like, he's the only answer, the only solution. Right. He just kind of shows up and is like, well, how can I help? You know, like that kind of a, you know? Yeah. 
So how can I help and how can I support you and all of that? So yeah, white savior memoirs, (laughs) they're tired of them. (laughs) Don't write them. Then another submission. (laughs) They're tired of seeing any projects that include the word woke. Oh my gosh. Uh, Like at this point in, in the history of that word, at this point, if you're using that word to describe yourself, you're probably not woke. No. <laughs> you were probably hitting the snooze button for as long as humanly possible. Yeah. Any projects that include the word woke. That is funny. That makes me laugh. Okay. And then here's this last one. Books are t- tired of seeing. Well, I'm mad at fill in the blank. So I'm going to write a whole bunch of words about my anger. And I hope it's a book. It's people with a chip on their shoulder thinking, <laughs> thinking that they can turn that chip into a book. I, I have seen some projects like this where it's just like, I'm angry. And here's just my anger on a page. Uh, everything that's wrong with the world. Okay. Well, do you have any solutions? No, they don't just anger just anger. They have no insight. They have no way through. There's no like moment of clarity or anything. At least a manifesto will like say how to solve the problem. Right. Right. At least in its anger, it it provides (laughs) some kind of framework. (laughs) It's funny you mentioned manifesto because I've worked with people who are in the political sphere and they all at first they want to do the manifesto, Mm. you know, because they're known for having opinions and thoughts. That's how they develop their platform. It's their job. It's their job. Exactly. So they want a book that just all of their opinions and thoughts. That's what they want. Publishers Mm -hmm. don't want that. They can't really sell that. So unless you've reached some kind of like cult like status among people, people, you know, most people don't right. want Bernie your... Sanders could sell that book. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But for the mm-hmm. average, you know, political commenter with 500,000 followers, they don't want your manifesto. They hear your manifesto every time you go on Facebook, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they know your manifesto. So they, what they want from you is deep insight on a specific topic and yep. then how to get through that and hope for the other side. That's what they want. That's what people want. So I think in general, really what we're hearing here is your book needs to have a story. Mm -hmm. It needs to have a hook. Yeah. If it doesn't have that, you don't have a book. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gatecrashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. You can send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link paypal.me slash gatecrashers or log into paypal and search us using our username which is at gatecrashers and be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode